And I'll tell you guys since we're, since we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Lee Bardugo, and you're listening to The Grisha Cast. Welcome to Grisha Cast, episode 58. In this episode, we are covering chapters 10 through 12 from the book King of Scars. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi Saviani casters. Hello. Ooh. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I realize every time that we do that, I always say we're here. <laughs> Have you heard that in our episodes? Yeah. After every time I say Moi Saviani casters, I'm like, we're here. As if we're <laughs> somewhere else. Yeah. So I'm like going to figure out something else. It's just like habit now. Anyways. It happens. It does. So. Thanks for listening. We have some listener cities. We do. First off is Pitt Meadows, British Columbia. What? What? And we have Mexico City, Mexico. Ooh, our neighbors to the north and the south. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. We really do appreciate all our listeners. Yeah, we do. And before we get all feisty, for those of you asking how you can help, we would greatly appreciate tips. A dollar goes a long way. Your tips will help us to continue to bring you the Grisha cast. You can Venmo a tip to at B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Or cash app Dallasan, mm-hmm. B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Also, leaving a review on your podcast platform, liking and following us on our socials, especially our YouTube channel, would make us oh so very happy. I look at the Apple iTunes store, so if you go there, I'd always see it. That makes me happy. <laughs> But all of those would be great, too. Yes. Um, all the platforms. Because I don't have iTunes. an Apple anything or iTunes. So mm. I always look at, like, Spotify. And Can you see them stuff. on Spotify, though? Um, no. That's what I thought. I was like, I know you – I figured out how you can leave, like, a review, but not how you can no. see the reviews. But the greatest thing is on my um, screen, it'll say, listeners of the Grisha cast also listen to. And I'm like – that means that people are listening to us. That is true. So it, it's kind of a fun little thing to see what yeah. they're what they're recommending and what other people are listening to at the same time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think we still are both like, <laughs> we actually have listeners. <laughs> people listen to people us. listen to this? Yes. <laughs> they listen to us being stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so before we get rolling, if you've been an avid listener, which I thank you so much, we are putting together just like our own like birthday present for lee because obviously we love her so much Mm -hmm. so her birthday is in the beginning of april it's april 6th i think um but so what we decided to do was she came out with that book severed moon which is this journal that just has writing prompts at the top of every page it's a small itty bitty little book but it's like really cool and cute and like all the prompts she came up with and have to do with magic and just really cool stuff. So what we've decided to do is like, I mean, if you would like, you can write your own prompt and I mean, take one of the prompts from the book and then send it to us and we will send her on her birthday what we all have come up with. So it's kind of like giving her back a present that she gave us. Ooh. I know. So real quickly, um, I did receive a prompt that I wanted to real quickly read to you guys. That's going to be in there. This is from Kendra Dante's. So, you know, she's and the prompt that she wrote was what kind of power do you draw from music? And this is what she wrote. Music is one of my absolute favorite things. Whenever I am in need of comfort, I know I can turn to music. I'm always filled with emotion, so whenever I'm sad, happy, or somewhere in between, music inspires me. When I write songs, I spill my heart out on the pages and in the melody. I write music about the books I love, my own experiences, and what I feel. When times are dark, music gives me hope, a reason to go on, an anchor to ground me, and room to love. Beautiful. Oh, Kendra. I know. I thought it was really awesome. That's nice. I know. So that's how easy it is. It's not like you have to write a lot. You could be very short. We're saying like 200 words max. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's the, like, I mean, so you can literally send us a sentence. Yeah. We'll put it in there. Um, Anyways, I just wanted, as we're getting closer to that, I wanted to kind of get some people inspired. So if you are, I don't know, inspired by 
writing and want to learn more from Lee because I know there's a lot of readers out there that just like love her writing and want here's a great opportunity to like let her try some of you like what you have written yeah try as it was like a I know what you're saying thanks uh, you know (laughs) to review my words to read yeah so (laughs) thanks for let I I try to get it out there that's okay so um anyways that's it so how was your week girl um it was it's very busy but again it's you know Work not busy and yeah school and my kitty had surgery and <laughs> my poor little kitty um Aww. and that's why i'm in just like full-on cat lady mode today because mm-hmm. i've just been snuggling and taking care of my kitty oh um um my anniversary oh, with yeah. um with my partner Ooh. um we call it a hello anniversary. Because we um, actually met online on the 11th, so we called a hello anniversary, and then the anniversary of our first date is the anniversary that we use as our like actual anniversary, because after our first date, we were smitten, <laughs> and that was it. You guys are very so, cute. And that is the 16th, so we get to celebrate this weekend, and it's going to be snowy outside, so we get to just sit inside and play Dr. Mario. That sounds dirty, but really it's a video game for all you younger people. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, it's on like the um, original NES. And, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And just watch stupid TV, and that's what we like to do. So that's what we're going to do for our anniversary. That sounds fun. Yay. It's weird your anniversary is right near Valentine's Day. Um, Believe me, we talk about that all the time because we hate that. Same here. Because we are I not Valentine's, Valentine's people at all. Everybody at work was oh. like giving out like little bags. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Valentine's Day uh-huh. is this weekend. I was like, ugh. And then I like had to carry some like since I'm right at the door, someone got their wife roses, so I had to like get them <laughs> and then bring them to her desk. And uh, honestly, I was just like, this stuff is so stupid. I mean, it's it's sweet if you're like that all year round, but like to me, it seems like a fake show of things to just do it once a year like look i swear i love my significant other here's all these things yeah but you should be treating them that same way the whole year so i think it's a dumb holiday i think it's stupid i always have hated it the only thing i've gotten out of it is chocolate (laughs) yes so the day after valentine's day oh yes girl you gotta go to target and get you some chocolates because it's all like (laughs) get out yeah, I mean, it's all like seventy five percent off. Those Reese's hearts, those things are I huge. Saying, I don't really like peanut butter. Mm, it's like the kisses and the yeah, and it's like it's my week to cheat. So um. oh, week to cheat. <laughs> yes. Hey, girl. Actually, I've done the same thing, so I can't say anything. Well, no, you haven't because it's a girl thing. So all oh, those, all well, the girls out there, will understand the week to cheat. Sorry, <laughs> I was literally talking about the food that I was. I'm not supposed to be eating. Well, yeah, that's just cheating. Mm. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine, too, because you can do what you want. I do what I want. And I learned that from you, but that's your saying. <laughs> so, Everybody can adopt it because, really, you can do what you want. So did you know that Lee did actually – she released the first chapter of Rule, Rule of Wolves this week? I did, and I you don't – You can't read it. I don't. Well, you can't because you haven't finished the book Well, yet. no, but, like, I don't. Like, even, like, my favorite authors in the entire universe, like, she's she's got a new – book coming out oh and you don't read any of those and she does like these daily lines and mm. i refuse i absolutely refuse oh i, I won't do it oh i had to. i was very excited so i read the entire first chapter what did you think i thought it was great <laughs> it really was it's it started the book off like really well um it's really it is really set up um what i think rule of wolves is gonna be i think it's gonna be an incredible book it's gonna be just kind of like this book of pretty much almost like everything we've like wanted all combined together it's like the ending of i don't know we know we're gonna get some endings of stuff um and she has kind of made it clear that i mean the storyline seems like i mean she's kind of like finishing out a little bit not that she's not gonna come back to the grishaverse but it seems like she's gonna end like have some kind of endings to some of these storylines that we've been reading on forever so without giving anything away, was the first chapter like every other first chapter of every book where it's a random it's person? A, so 
it's a it's a person that you've heard of but you've never met and have like i mean you you know about them kind of okay and it it all makes sense when you read it it's okay. not like the other ones where it's just oh, randomly like okay. like this one where we started off with that boy no he's never like that's totally this random character this is different this actually um it is a random character but it goes along with what the story is gotcha. and it's a family member of a person that you okay. definitely need to know okay so and that's a lot of information i know but on that, I also did a little bit of research Ooh. on this Nina issue that we were having last week of trying to figure this out. <laughs> Look at you. So, um, and I've gotten a couple different things. So, one, Nina was supposedly 17 in Six of Crows. Mm-hmm. And then I guess like 18 in King of Scars. And that... Yes. So... Because okay. there's a year between... Right. Yes. So, um, and Nina went to school at the you know, the small mm-hmm. palace, before the Ravkin Civil War and was asked to end her studies early due to the need for more soldiers. So so she could enter the sec- second army. Yes, she was training with Zoya. Zoya was a teacher, but also Zoya was a teacher like, like, I mean, Zoya was teaching, like, I mean, we got to remember even when, like, because I don't think Zoya was really a student with, um, Alina necessarily. She was really high up there when we were reading. Yes. So Zoya like could have been a teacher even before that. Is that not making mm-hmm. sense? Well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm trying to because I was like, it has to make sense. There's no way that Lee like screwed that up. But she, but Nina was part of the group that left, like that would had to escape the little palace. I don't think she was. Well, that's what she's. Uh, that's what Did I got from the chapter that we read when she was. I'll have to go back. Uh, we all have. Okay. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I was trying to figure it out myself. Maybe we're just hyper focusing on it. Well, but it's important. But... Timeline timelines are so important in novels for me. So I understand why we're hyper focusing on yeah. this. And also, like Lee respects all that stuff too. So I think there's just something that we probably both like probably overlooked or. We need to like earmark that one so that when we talk to her again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't worry. I've got some questions for her. Um, believe me, I've always... Because um, I don't know if you've noticed the, like, Moisabayenyi, like, in this book. Mm-hmm. Like, and then there's, like, there was, like, two page, Like, it was on one page spelled one way, on the other page spelled a different way. And I was trying to figure out, like, if it was what the difference was, like, whether it was spelled this way when greeting this person. And, like, I couldn't figure it out. Like, I really couldn't. And when, like... I was like, damn, because <laughs> I picked it just because from like it was the greeting that was given to the Darkling. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's a way to say hello. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got to have something where Grisha cast. So, I mean, we've got to have a cool opening. We've got to have some kind of like, you know, can't just say hi. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we got to do something Grisha versy. So, OK, we've been talking about this for a <laughs> long time, but that's what you love about us. So, yeah. Maybe we should start. You got some chapters. I do. Okay, let's do it. And oh, and you got your tea. I did. I got my tea. We got our tea. We got our teas. <laughs> teas. Teas. Okay. So, okay, I'll I'll talk about it in a minute. But all right, uh, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go. Do I'm it. I'm too excited about this chapter. That okay. So, wow. Chapter ten. Yes. Follows Nina. It does. Remember <laughs> that the last time we were with Nina, she had just buried. Matthias. Mm-hmm. She finally gets up to leave and the snow starts falling. It rapidly turns into a huge snowstorm. She can barely see, but makes it back to what she believes is the camp, only to discover she's made a full circle back to the grave. Mm. As she gives in and tries again while cursing Matthias, yeah. five wolves show up. Freaking feared. <laughs> I know that's basically what she's saying. <laughs> Take your country and shove it. She's (laughs) she's trying, or no, so she's able to fight most of them off, but she notices that there's something like kind of weird about them. Mm. Their eyes are glowing orange and they smell really bad. Yeah. One of I know. Like wild wolves are gonna be stinky anyway. So um so one of them actually bit into her arm and through the pain, she notices that 
there's something like really, really weird about the smell. Like she's really concentrating on the smell. I do too. I concentrate <laughs> on smells all the time. They can really bother me. Yes, they but, can yeah. like totally ruin oh, yeah. something for me. Totally ruin a bite in your arm? Everything. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> okay. So smell. Um, so suddenly the, the wolf is just like dislodged from her arm and realizes that a white wolf is fighting with the gray wolf that attacked her. As it turns on her, she sees a scar on its eye, and she realizes <gasps> she might know this wolf. She sure do. It's Drassel, which is Matthias's wolf. Remember when mm. uh, Driscilla dies, they mm. send their wolf out into the wild. Yes. So she's thinking that this wolf had come to figure out what's going on with Matthias. Well, yeah, which is really cool. It is. Like, I mean, she, like, I mean, oh. he came, right? Obviously, like. Like, I mean, that's the... Oh, puppy. I know. Dropped him <laughs> off. I always love the story of, like, the dogs, like, the wolves. I think they're really cool. And, like, the whole, like, Fearden thing with that. Like, I liked it when, like, they were describing it where you have to go and, like, you get your yeah. own special one and, like, you know, and when they're that... only with you. Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah. It's like me and Lucy. Oh, Lucy. My dog. Okay, I'm sorry. I <laughs> so she going. starts to get his attention, but then... This girl comes barging on on a horse and tries to shoot him. Mm. Nina starts yelling some Druskela commands, and she gets him to run away. Obviously, Nina is really mad. Yeah. Like, we've not seen her this mad before. And she starts physically fighting her. Like, she grabbed her by the ankle and pulled her off the horse. (laughs) Boom, boom, WWE and Nina in one corner. And... Random, <laughs> random <Fjordan> woman. <laughs> but then Nina feels a sudden pain in her chest and realizes this girl is Grisha. Ooh, but she don't know it. She shoots a barn, Probably a not. barn shard. I can't say bone shard. Bone shard. A barn, a barn shard. Barn shard. <laughs> we don't live in Nashville. Oh, barn I, shard. I wasn't born in South Carolina. A barn um, shard. That is amazing. A barn I love shard. That. Barn shard. <laughs> That's what my brain does when and I you see know a bone shard. Because all- the word bone is like difficult enough for me. Bone. <laughs> bone. This is always so funny when we're recording this because like <laughs> you and me are totally exhausted. We've already worked our entire day. We've wrestled with our kids just trying to get to week. this moment. And all now right. we're just like, okay. <gasps> barn shard. Barn shard at her <laughs> to like get her to stop. Um, so she's been using these power. The the girl, the random girl, has been using her heartrender powers, obviously, to put the guard to sleep at the convent so that she could sneak out. Mm-hmm. Nina lies and says she knows about such things because her sister's a Grisha. Sure, right. Again, let's commend her for holding back and not ruining everything. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so Nina can tell that the girl is thinking of leaving her there in the snowstorm. So she threatens to tell everyone about the Grisha living at the convent. The girl's like, all right, chill. Fine. Jeez. And agrees to take her on and on the way to this hunting lodge. She seems clinging. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's also a Grisha living in Fierda, so it's kind of like yeah. scary as heck. Yeah. Um, so on the way, the girl tells her that Nina could have been whipped for using those commands, and Nina blames a made-up kid, <laughs> like, oh, this kid was in my village, and names him Lars, Lars, who is the one that put her in that crazy whip at the mm. ice court. Oh, lard. Yeah. So, because she figured if anybody did know, then, like, he died. Um, True death. They get to the lodge, and Nina puts on a show, calling the girl Inger, and telling the men that her that Inger's father and fiance are super rich, and they'll will reward them handsomely. Mm-hmm. The girl isn't happy that Nina made them seem weak and in need of protection. But again, Nina and her growth, she says it's okay to be soft sometimes. It is. They settle into a corner and have a conversation about the Fjordan way of women not being able to do much as as men, and they actually exchange names. This random girl's name is Hannah. What's up, uh, Hannah? Hannah. Hannah. Sorry. Hannah. It's Hannah, it's I know. Hannah. I just have friends named and Hannah. And it's spelled strangely, H-A-N-N-E. Yeah. Um, but Nina gives her that fake name of Mila. 
<laughs> of course. Just... Nina tells her that they'll take turns. She'll take the first watch and realizes that she was smiling for the first time in months. End of the chapter. Oh, and Nina. I got so many vibes during. <laughs> Did you now? Did you get some this. speculation of Nina? Um, well, we already knew that, like, that what did she we know? well that she's bi, like that she doesn't care about who she flirts with. She'll flirt with anybody, and so right. we, we already had that vibe. So um, I think I think Hannah's going to be her. Uh, she's definitely her next. She's interested in something. <laughs> yes. Yep. Tuna. No, sorry. No. I know you hate that. Sorry. No. Funny for me. It is not. Um. So anyway, I was very Tacos. excited. <laughs> well, why not? Uh, Chorizo. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, so. <laughs> love you. Hey, I didn't curse. So. No, you did not curse. Did not. I'm very proud of you. Um, so anyway, I was very, very excited about the end of that chapter um, because I have a feeling that... <laughs> Sorry, you guys can't hear that, but we just got to hear the producer just telling my dog to do something. It was just kind of funny. We hear voices. We do hear voices. <laughs> um, no, it's not muted. Uh, see, and I'm talking back to you now, and they can't hear me. Oh my! I mean, they can't hear you. Ugh. It's like I'm with sorry. Nina hearing Matthias's voice. That is exactly what. It's like. <laughs> God, we got a little taste of it. <sighs> All right, moving. So on. anyway, mark that prediction down. Ding ding. Um, and then all of you people that have read it, you're probably either like shaking your heads yes, or you're like, no, you idiot. So, no. um, next chapter, mm-hmm. chapter 11, follow Zoya. Yes. <laughs> Mugger. Uh, so everyone's getting ready for the big grand tour of the miracle sites. Zoya is, of course, afraid of what they'll find on the fold site, but also a little leery about what will happen with Nikolai and the creature. Jinya yes. gives Zoya a bottle of a substance, which is a distillation of jerda and ammonia, gross, to keep Nikolai passed out for the night. Have you ever had smelling salts? Um, yes. Like, I mean, I remember, like, my mom used to carry one around, like, or is it my grandmother that used to carry one around? I just bit my tongue. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, it really hurt. Um, but anyways, I smelled it. It, it was horrible. It yes. Was like, I was just like, whoa. I don't even think, do they make those still? Yes, they do. Where do you get them? Um, Probably medical not. supplies. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I know you don't know this, um, but when you go to um, like a gynecology appointment, they always have a thing of smelling salts taped up to get to quickly because it's a thing to pass out during an exam. Really? Yes. Welcome to being a girl with Terry. Um. Yes. I'm... Okay, I guess we can't really talk about that on Grisha Cast. No, I'll have we cannot. Later. I'll tell. I'll tell you later. But all the other girls out there, then um, you know that you've seen it taped up on the wall somewhere. But why? Okay, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So, Jinya offers to go in Zoya's place because they're worried about Zoya, and Jinya says that she also has understanding about the darkness's pull. Obviously. Yeah. Zoya says, Jinya, you are not prepared for that kind of combat, girl. Yeah. So as they're saying goodbye, Zoya actually hugs Jinya. And everyone's like, Whoa. Whoa. Zoya even gets teary-eyed as she runs out the door. What is going on? She's just amazing. That's what she is. <laughs> I love that girl. All right. And then they're off. Yuri is dressed in anonymous brown rough spun and is helping Toya read through a bunch of texts to figure out the Obispaya. You say rough spun? Yeah. Mm. What's that? Is that the clothing? Yes, that's clothing. So if you think of like any movie that you've seen of like medieval times, there's definitely like a distinct uh, like clothing that the peasants would wear that just looks a little more rough and it's more like brown and plain. Than like the people that are, are in like uh, yeah. silks and everything. Gotcha. Else. So that's what it's like. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. Um, kind of like, like the... you stomped it in the dirt. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Uh, okay. So uh, Yuri thinks that they're trying to determine if the Darkling is going to be made a saint or not. So he's happily helping. Of course, we all know that that's not the case, and Nikolai uh-huh. wants to use this Opie's Bumpy to free him of the creature. Yes. Zoya asks, "What will happen to Yuri when they're done?" 
Mm-hmm. And so I had this little fun exchange. I just had to. We'll find a way to compromise, Nikolai had said. We'll set Yuri up in a nice snug hermitage to prepare a treatise on the Darkling's good works with all the books he wants. We'll tell him the matter has to be put before the people. We'll send him to the wandering isle to spread the gospel of the Starless One. That mm. sounds suspiciously like exile. You say exile? I say extended holiday. We should send him to Ketterdam to preach to Kaz Brecker and the rest of those reprobates, suggested Zoya. Nikolai winced. He'd certainly get his martyrdom. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I just thought that was cute and fun. And Kaz. It is cute. Yeah. <laughs> Kaz is just a reason. Um, Kaz is just the reason. Just a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so as they're traveling, Zoya remembers after the Civil War that Nikolai had done what few men had done before and surprised her uh, when he gave the country hope with his leadership. She realizes that what they're doing now is actually going to be way more difficult than that. Yeah. And that there is a resistance that's actually building against Nikolai because he is making all kinds of changes like way too fast for everyone else. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on. And when I first read this, I didn't even make a big, it didn't click in my head, but I've noticed it a lot in this where like they've mentioned it a lot. And I, how there is just someone that keeps saying like, there's all these people trying to say that they are part of Lansovs. And that they are the yes, rightful yeah. point, like the king. And like, I didn't notice that until this read through that. I mean, that's a real, like, I mean, that was even in Crooked, Crooked Kingdom. I mean, with, um, you know, Crazy Pants. Yeah. I mean, it's just and like. And he's it, not even the Lance off. And he's not. Yeah. So it, but it is an important thing if you're reading this for the first time to kind of just like keep on putting that. Like, I mean, just whenever they mention it, just think about it. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. But yeah. They were talking this time though, that like, like he had so many ideas and so many changes that he wanted to make. And it's just happening way too fast for ordinary people. Right. And they're exhausted too. Yeah. Because they just have been fighting constantly. (laughs) Yes. So from town to town, Zoya and Nikolai go to these events and she sees how tedious it is and questions how he can do it. Of course, he gives silly answers like, I'm very lovable. But their interactions are clearly setting the stage for them getting closer. They're kind of flirty. Uh, They're bantering back and forth about her past, how she grew up in a little hopeless, hungry town, and she knows that the girls are the first to suffer in such a place. So then this quote is just a little, like, tidbit of her background. It's still kind of mysterious. Yes. But it gives us our first little peek. Mm -hmm. Her mother had seen only the value in her daughter's beauty. Zoya's face had been her dowry at the tender age of nine. If not for Liliana, she would have been bartered away like a new calf. But could she blame her mother? She remembered Sabina's raw hands, her tired eyes, the gaunt lines of her body, perpetually weary and without hope. And yet, after all these years, Zoya found no scrap of forgiveness for her desperate mother or her weak father. They could rot. End quote. That's the first... Little glimpse into Zoya's life. Yes. Yeah. So they ride out with the governor to see a big forest that had been felled in a single night. If anybody doesn't know, felled is like when the trees go down. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> when you fell a tree, you're basically like... Pushing it over? You're sawing it down. Okay, fell. It all makes sense now. Yeah. So the trees are all lined up on the ground in perfect lines that like kind of point up to the top of the hill where there's an overlook into a chapel dedicated to St. Elia in Chains. And that's really weird that the trees would just kind of be like that. Yeah, in perfect lines. Um, the trees kind of all seem to also be pointing towards the fold site. Like Zoya says, maybe this is all a hoax, though, to get you away from the capital. She doesn't trust the apparat nor Yuri. Nikolai's like, um, this is bigger than either one of them is capable of. <laughs> and they're, they're manageable because they're true believers, so we can manipulate them. Yeah. There is so much I want to tell you. Sorry. I know. I'm not, I'm not, just want to, not tell you, talk to you, talk to someone, I'm talking to my, talk to you, talking to like Lucy right now yes. about like all these things, but anyways. She doesn't even know. Um, so Adina is their last stop before the fold and Zoya is anxious to just get it over with. After the welcome shindig, they start down the path towards a cathedral for St. Elizabetta. Zoya notes that something feels off. The birds aren't chirping. There's no bugs. Just nothing. 
There's red roses bursting through the stone of the statue and black tears running from Lizabetta's eyes. While Zoya is looking out to the fold site and everyone is focused on the statue, she hears Nikolai take in a breath and looks over to see the dark veining in his wrist start to pulse black like the darkness in him was like reacting to something that's near. Uh-oh. So they're trying to ignore everything, and Yuri tells them that Lizabetta was 18 when some raiders came through, and she fell to her knees in prayer, causing a bunch of bees to swarm and attack them. She was called to perform this again. She couldn't, so she was drawn and quartered. And see, I'm sorry I just have to talk. But, <laughs> like, that, that's so small, and but, like, you actually, like, the story that they have in, like, the, like, you know, the saint's book. Ugh. I know. There's just all this stuff. So it said that that's why the white white roses that are on that spot turn red red. with her blood. Yeah. So Zoya breaks off a rose, much to everyone's horror, and asks, why the heck does everyone need to be martyred? Yuri's like, duh, it's because it shows a willingness to sacrifice. Zoya is completely annoyed by this answer, but she stops because something moved on the top of the cathedral. So here's my quote to the end. She looked up in time to see something massive rushing toward her. It smashed through Lizabetta's statue, sending petals and shards of stone flying. Huge hands grasped Zoya's shoulders, digging into her flesh, lifting her from the ground. She kicked her feet, feeling the terrible sensation of nothing beneath her. Zoya screamed as she was pulled skyward, the rose still clutched in her hand. I would be crying if I was, like, feeling, like, all of a sudden, like, (laughs) You know, feel, I, I just totally was thinking about, like, feel, no. like having no feeling under your feet. I don't scream or anything when I'm scared. I just go, like, still. Comatose. Yeah, like. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Glad to know that I'll be able to know something scary in the other room. Oh, You're yeah. You're just going to be quiet. I mean, I'm quiet anyway, so that's kind of difficult, I guess. But, yeah, if I'm, like, terrified, you just then I'd. Perfect. Yes. Good warning. Yes. Hmm. Drink that tea. I did. Mm. Okay, so real quickly, since you mentioned, like, Kaz and stuff like that, we wanted to, like, for those of you new listeners, we had fun once, and we kind of created some commercials, and we're going to create some more. But anyways, we wanted to just, like, reminisce and listen to one real quickly. So um, we're going to play it for you, and maybe we'll enjoy it. This is our um, little, you know, travel and visit Ketterdam commercial parody. So enjoy. To the west of Shuhan and to the east of the southern colonies, there lies an island in the middle of the true sea, Kerch, a country unlike any you've experienced before. The capital city, Ketterdam, can fuel your wildest imaginations. Start your stay at the Grand Geldrenner Hotel with an exquisite dining hall, space for your next merchant council meeting, or even your next son's bar mitzvah. We even have an entire floor devoted to our spa with soaps and muds from all around the Grishaverse. Here to learn? The University of Ketterdam can fuel your desire for knowledge. It is rumored that Nikolai Lansoff was educated in our halls. Does water life drive you? The lid has most of our tourist attractions and is close to the harbors. Are you looking for the nightlife? Get lost in the barrel. Dress in character from Comedy Brute for an anonymous experience while you gamble away your life savings. Then forget all about it as you drink at your choice of local taverns such as the Crow Club or Emerald Palace. Seeking the brothel experience? At the Menagerie in West Stave, our girls from foreign lands will tickle your fantasies. Don't worry, the men of the anvil are also ready to show you a good time. Looking for a darker visit? Stop by the island of Terangel for Hell Show at the Hellgate Prison. Be entertained as our prisoners fight to the death in a Wheel of Fortune style game to earn better food, liquor, or a conjugal visit with girls from the West Stave. People say that the world is getting smaller, that there are few surprises left on Earth. We suspect these people haven't been to Ketterdam yet. This commercial paid for by the merchants in the Come Visit Ketterdam Visitor Bureau. The Travel Bureau warns you that gangs, crimes, and robbery are always present, and all visitors should stay aware of their surroundings. The Kirch government is not responsible for death or serious injury, stolen items, or your entire family going missing. (laughs) That was great. Love that. And we wrote all that, by the way, peeps. We did more. If you really are interested, go back like 
to our Grishaversary, which was... A very special Grisha episode. Yeah. It was the Grishaversary episode. It would have been October. October. Yeah, somewhere in October. Yeah. And that's when we had the great decision to, like, add more to our complicated <laughs> lives and come up with a um, cosplay for every episode. Yes, yes. That was... And right stuck in the middle was my wonderful bout with Corona. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a very sure long it October. It was. It was the longest October like, ever. It really just, it didn't end. It went all the way, halfway through November. I was like, dang. All right. So you have a very complicated long <clears throat> chapter. I do. So I need to get started before I like, yeah. Okay. So chapter 12, which is Nikolai. And I'm starting off reading because that's just best thing to do. Zoya, something had hold of her, something with wings, and for a moment Nikolai wondered if somehow the demon had leapt from his very skin. But no, her captor's wings were vast, mechanical marvels of engineering that beat the sky as they rose higher. Another winged soldier was wheeling toward Nikolai, this one female, black hair bound in a top knot, biceps armored in Bands of gray metal, Kergood. The shoe had dared to attack the royal procession. Tolia and Tamar stepped in front of Nikolai, but the soldier's target was not the king. She had come for the king's heartrender guards. She had come to hunt Grisha. In a single movement, the Kergood released a metallic net that glittered in the air, then collapsed over the twins with enough weight to knock them to the ground. The Kergood dragged them over the earth, gathering gathering speed to lift them skyward. Nikolai didn't hesitate. There were times for subtlety and times when there was nothing to do but charge. He ran straight for the Kergood, clamoring over the struggling bodies of Tolia and Tamar, who grunted as his boots connected. He opened fire with both pistols, end quote. So a lot going on there. Um, <laughs> Just a little. Nikolai ends up jumping and on top of the Kergood and jabs this dagger in between his, his, I'm sorry, it's a her. This is a her. Their, her jaw and throat. And the Kergood soldier goes down. Nikolai doesn't waste any time and starts looking for Zoya in the sky. Um, and here's the quote. The Kergood had assumed Zoya was like other Grisha who couldn't summon with their arms bound, but Zoya Nozlinsky was no ordinary squalor, end quote. So she's up in the sky, and she's just special. So Zoya conjures lightning and fries up her Kergood while still in midair. <laughs> Nikolai is watching from the ground, and this is his reaction. Quote, Nikolai raced toward them, his mind constructing and casting aside plans, useless, hopeless. There was no way to reach her in time. A snarl ripped from his chest. He leapt, the air rushing against his face, and then he had her in his arms. Impossible. The physics wouldn't permit. Nikolai glimpsed his own shadow beneath him, too far beneath him, a dark blot bracketed by wings that curled from his own back. The monster is me, and I am the monster. He flinched as if he could somehow escape himself and watched the monster's shadow twitch. Nikolai? Zoya was looking at him, and all he saw on her face was terror. It's me, he tried to say, but only a growl emerged. End quote. So, one thing, one of the best lines is in that, the monster is me and I'm the monster. Yeah. Amazing. And, um... Doctor... <clears throat> Yeah, Dr. Jekyll, Nikolai Hyde. So, um, this has got to be frightening because this is new. He's usually unconscious with when this happens um, or doesn't remember any mm-hmm. of it. And this is happening in daylight and yeah. So, let's let's keep going. So, they both are actually falling toward the ground. Um, but Zoya creates a soft pillow of air that creates a nice little bumper for them to bounce off of instead of smashing flat into the ground. After Zoya touches down, she is immediately in Ba Felicia mode. Um, her arms were raised, um, served straight up, stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. Sorry, I was trying to be cute there. I know. But, <laughs> You're always cute. uh and um yeah so she was just she was ready like she hit the ground and went straight into her like her position nick says it's me and luckily actually is able to vocalize it this time because last time it came out as a growl 
Um, well, so anyways, hungry? Luckily, Zoya has now become a hibachi chef and decides <laughs> she doesn't want her care good medium rare and literally, literally fries him up to the point where there is charbroiled and very well done. No pink cool sender for her. Literally just add a pinch of lemon. With, her, um, with like her lightning powers. Yeah. She yeah. F- <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought of a hibachi chef though. Hibachi <laughs> chef. Chef. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I let see. I mean, she she's making her steak a little different than me. I like mine like with the you know rare, just that little pinch of lemon, <laughs> some parsley for garnish. Nice little caragood. Yep. Okay. Anyways, yeah. Now we have caragood on our our menu. Um. Okay. So let's um let's, let's check in with Yuri. <laughs> um. How's he doing? So he is in literal shock. Uh, yeah. Um. And he's, 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 he saw this whole thing. He's currently not even, like, really in a position to, like, his syllables aren't even, like, making words. Yeah, he can't even good. say his name. Not good. Yeah. Nikolai checks in with his team real quickly, and everyone's in one piece. Zoya does, however, point out that their tour guide, the priest, um, uh, who is taking them around, is knocked unconscious. Mm-hmm. And he, from getting smacked in the head by Elizabeth's statue... <laughs> Ironic. Yes, exactly. Luckily, nobody else saw this attack, so they are real quick and um, kind of do a scene change before <laughs> bringing back the priest. Um, and after they wake him up, the priest swears he saw two flying men with wings. No, Nikolai says it's a it's a concussion. The priest even looks towards Yuri for assurance of like help me, and Yuri even says I saw nothing without explanation. So, yep. He's a liar. I know, which is really weird. We don't know. This Yuri character is very odd. Um, <laughs> he reminds me of so many different people I've met in my life, but I can't really, like, <laughs> say it um, just because, I don't know, just the weird people you've met. Like, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, so they bring the priest back to his people and begin to kind of settle in. Nikolai now has to figure out what he is going to really tell Yuri pertaining to this whole thing, the shadow, and also trying... He's got to stay calm, but this new revelation of his shadow not being nocturnal is kind of freaking him out, too. They all return to where they are staying, and Nikolai goes to sit down next to Yuri and try to start explaining. So, here's a quote. Excuse me. I was tired. I was about to yawn. So, um, <laughs> There's no excuse. No excuses. Here's the quote. <laughs> it was Yuri who spoke first from his place on the floor. He did this to you, didn't he? Yes, Nikolai said simply. He thought about what lies he might concoct to appease the monk's fear and curiosity, but in the end, he knew the truth, at least part of it, would work to best advantage. Yuri wanted to believe in saints, and saints required martyrdom. Yet now that the time had come to speak, Nikolai did not want to tell this story. He did not want it to be his story. He thought the war was in the past, but it refused to remain there. So, hmm. that is bringing us to our scene where um, we, um, my, our lovely producer is actually going to be taking part. He's got a couple lines. Um, Terry, you and I are kind of like shifting back and forth between some of the different characters, kind of. I try to stay, I'm trying to read most of Nikolai's, but it kind of got kind of hard. Um, and Chris is going to be playing Zoya. That's perfection. I know. So, um, producer... In the other room, are you ready? Yeah, I think I'm ready. Okay. Could they hear you say that? Yes, oh. they did. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm not used to that. So, like, I was like, did he just speak to me? That is our is producer. Is the voice real? Yes, that is the wizard. It's behind. my favorite thing to, to make funny noises in your ear and nobody else can hear me. Oh, we know. Yes, I know. So, okay. So, we all ready? Gotta get ready? Ready Friday. Stay ready. Okay. So, real quickly, a special thank you for our background music created by Kendra Dantes and produced by Year 26. Word. Mm-hmm. Curtain up. Yeah. During the war, he said, tugging the gloves from his hands, I was captured by the Darkling. No doubt you've heard that I was tortured by your starless saint. 
Yuri's eyes dropped to the tracery of black lines that spread over Nikolai's fingers and knuckles. Carol Rizny, he said quietly. King of Scars. I've heard the stories. And chalked them up to royal propaganda, a smear campaign against a fallen hero. Yuri coughed. <clears throat> Hand well, me that brandy, said Zoya. I can't tolerate this degree of stupidity on a clear head. The Darkling had a gift for <laughs> inflicting misery. He continued. He knew pain or imprisonment would be too easy for me to bear so he used his power to infect me with living darkness it was my payment for helping the sun summoner escape his grasp i became i don't know what exactly i became part monster part man i hungered for human flesh i was nearly mindless with the need nearly enough of my own consciousness still lived on in me that i continued to battle the monster's impulses and even rallied the volcra to to face the darkling on the fold at the time, Nikolai hadn't known if there was any point to fighting on, if he would even ever be himself again. He hadn't even known if the Darkling could be killed. But Alina had managed it, armed with a shadow blade wrapped in the Darkling's own power and wet with the blood of his own line. Before she died, the Sun Summoner slew the Darkling, and the darkness inside me perished with him. Nikolai took a long swig of his brandy, or so I thought. Several months ago, something began to seize my unconscious mind. Some nights I slept as well as can be expected. Only a lazy monarch rests easy. But on other nights, I became the monster. He controls me completely. The attacks are getting worse. They come more frequently. The tonics and even the chains I've used to keep them at bay are temporary solutions. It may be only a matter of time before my mind gives itself up to the beast and its hungers. It is, it is possible. Now the words fought him, poison in his mouth. It's possible the beast may overtake me completely, and I'll never be able to return to my human form. Today, the monster stepped forward in broad daylight while I was still awake. That has never happened before. Was it deliberate? Asked Yuri. Did you choose to- I didn't choose anything. It simply happened. I think the shock Zoya sent through my body allowed me to come back to myself. He took a long sip from his glass. I can't have this thing taking hold of me on a battlefield or in the middle of a state function. Ravka's position is precarious, and so is mine. The people have only just begun to recover from the war. They want stability and leadership, not a monster born of nightmares. Peace. A chance to recover, to build their lives without the constant fear of battle, the threat of starvation. On this journey, Nikolai had seen the progress Ravka had made with his own eyes. His country could not afford to go to war again, and he'd done everything to make sure they wouldn't have to. But if the monster emerged, if Nikolai revealed this dark presence, he might be the very thing that set his country back down the path to violence. People are always looking for something to blame for their suffering, Yuri said earnestly. Ravka has seen so much strife, it's only natural that... There was nothing natural about this. Yuri, said Nikolai, you can debate Ravka's prejudices another time. I told you we came on this journey to investigate the miracle sites, to consider sainthood for the Darkling. Was any of that true? Nikolai did not intend to answer that question directly. The Darkling may deserve to take his place among the saints, but that can't happen until I'm rid of this affliction. Yuri nodded, then nodded again. He looked down at his bony hands. But is it something to be rid of? Zoya expelled a bitter laugh. He thinks you've been blessed by the starless saint. Yuri pushed his glasses higher on his long nose. Blessing and curse are different words for the same thing. You may well be right, said Nikolai, but Yuri, the Darkling cannot possibly be considered a saint until his martyrdom is complete. It was not coincidence that brought you to the palace gates. You were meant to bear witness to the last remnant of the Darkling's power. You were meant to bring us to the Thornwood. You were meant to free us both. Me? said Yuri, his voice a bare breath, but Nikolai could see that he wanted to believe. Only you can complete the Darkling's martyrdom, said Nikolai. Will you help me? Will you help him? I will, said Yuri. Of course I will. I will take you to the Thornwood. I will help burn a holy pyre. Is that what the obese buyer requires? If we can find enough of it to build the pyre. Then there's the small matter of surviving the flames, said Zoya. You will, said Yuri. You will survive, and the starless one will have his true martyrdom. We will. We ride for the fold tomorrow, Nikolai said. 
best ba- Zoya ever. Yeah. End scene. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. You can mute your mic now. <laughs> Love you, Zoya. I feel like I was unfriended. Zoya is like my favorite character. I, so I wish it were that easy, like in real life. Okay, you can mute now. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I'm done with you. If we all had like on and off mute. switches, plays, or pause. Like I mean, just pause for a minute. Like yeah. or rewind. It'd be great. Okay, so um, Hopefully none of you were actually reading that through the book because that was like a collage of stuff that I put together and somehow made it into a scene. that I didn't add anything. I just kind of put together a scene that we needed to get yes. specific things in there. And it actually made sense. So it did. took a lot of time. But anyways, moving forward. Okay, so Yuri and Toya go off to work on the translation of the blessing, which is part of like this Obi's Baya bum bum bum. Zoya, oh, bumpy. Oh, yes, bumpy. <laughs> Zoya and Nikolai discuss the facts of whether this is fate or false rumors and decide it's better to at least give this a shot. Here's a quote. Nikolai had been told hope was dangerous and been warned of it many times, but he'd never believed that. Hope was the wind that came from nowhere to fill your sails and carry you home. Whether it was destiny or sheer desperation guiding them onward, at least once they reached the fold, they would have answers. We'll send a decoy coach to Kremzen, he said, and travel in disguise. If we really do intend to dig a pit in the middle of the fold, I don't want it to be done under the Lansoff flag, end quote. So I just love in there um, that line where it says, hope was the wind that came from nowhere to fill your sails and carry you home. I have that on a mug. Oh, mm-hmm. cute. It's very deep. It is. So, Zoya ponders about this shoe attack and whether they were purposefully attacking the king or just randomly hunting Grisha. Nikolai then apologizes to Zoya, which has needed to be done for a while. Um, and, sorry, um, got distracted by something. Um, <laughs> Nikolai then apologizes to Zoya about attacking her when he was in his shadow monster form and she forgives him because she knows that he wasn't really in control. Nikolai thinks about why he is going through all of this trouble. Here's the quote. Why did it matter to him what became of Ravka? Broken, needy, frustrating Ravka. The grand lady, the crying child, the drowning man who would drag you under rather than be saved. This country that took so much and gave nothing back. Maybe because he knew that he and his country were the same. Nikolai had always wanted more. More attention, more affection, something new so in quote this is um this is a lot but i'm gonna get it so nikolai goes kind of down memory lane here and we discovered that when nikolai was a child he misbehaved a lot he looked up to his brother vasili and kind of like kind of in the same like same way people worship a saint he just like he really looked up to him a lot one day when Nikolai w- went to his classroom there was another boy there and the tutor said that he would be learning with him Nikolai didn't have anybody in the castle his own age, so this was very exciting for him. This boy's name was Dominic, and at first, Dominic is kind of scared to talk to a young prince. So Nikolai plays a trick on his tutor, whose name is Mitkin, by laying a mouse on Mitkin's desk um, while he's not there to make him hopefully scream when he sees it and hopefully make Dominic laugh. Mitkin, of course, comes in, screams, whole thing happens, and surprisingly... Well, this is surprisingly what happens. Mitkin is going to punish someone. You think it's going to be Nikolai, but Mitkin actually gets up and punishes Dominic for the prank that Nikolai pulled. Poor Dominic gets punished by, like, pretty much, this just reminds me of getting, like, the switch. Um, Here's the quote. Nikolai called for the guards, shouted down the hallway for help, but Mitkin did not stop. He smacked the rod against Dominic's hand and forearms ten times until the boy's flesh was a mass of red welts and his face was crumpled and wet with tears. Mitkin set the rod aside. Every time you act out or misbehave, Dominic will be beaten. That isn't right. It isn't fair. The punishment should be mine. But no one would raise the rod to a royal prince. End quote. That's just horrible. Yes. Like, oi. Okay, Nikolai complained to his father and everyone, but no one will listen or do anything. The next day, Nikolai goes into the class and tells Dominic that he won't let that happen again. 
Dominic says it's okay because that's actually why he's that's what he's here for, which is really, really sad. Um, yes. Like, I mean, we're going to hire your son so we can beat him. So we don't beat every time our like rambunctious child makes a poor decision. We're going to beat your child. Can you can we do that? And they're going to give him money for it. Yes. OK, sorry. Horrible. Nikolai refuses to let Dominic get punished for his actions. And here's a quote. And this is some good stuff. Nikolai held to his promise. He kept silent every day after that. He did not sneak into the kitchen to steal almond paste. He did not disassemble anything valuable, run through that portrait hall, set any fires. Everyone marveled at the changes wrought in the young prince and applauded Tudor Mitkin for his ingenuity. What they didn't know was that amidst all the quiet and calm, Nicola and, D- and Dominic still somehow managed to become friends. They devised their own code to communicate in their lesson books and build toy boats with working sails that they launched in the abandoned water garden where no one ever ventured. They gave each other titles that changed the- with every day, some grand Dominique the Bold, Nikolai the Just, and some less so, Dominique the Farter, Nikolai the Spider Squealer. They learned that as long as they didn't trouble the calm order of the palace, no one much cared what they did, and that if they appeared to be working hard at their studies, no one bothered to check whether they were memorizing dates or trying to figure out how to build a bomb, end quote. So Nikolai becomes pretty close with Dominic. I'm sorry. <laughs> and even sneaks out um, of the castle to visit Dominic in the countryside and kind of learns um, some things. He learned how to work in a field, which is very unprincely. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikolai notices how Dominic's family live um, along with the neighbors and kind of gets a little bit of a taste of poverty and kind of what the Ravkin citizens are enduring at the time. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Nikolai gets caught sneaking back into the palace one night by Vasily. And Vasily, who we now really get to see how he acts because we already know he's a jerk. So Vasily then stops um, automatically the stipend that Dominic's family was getting, which is like the money that was being raised. Like, I mean, Dominic's paycheck pretty much. Mm -hmm. And also tells him that, you know, Dominic's name is going to be moved up on that draft list. So he'll be called in to go to war next year or join the army. So Nikolai sees Vasily's true character at this point, and here's a quote. Since Nikolai could not be important, he turned his clever mind to the task of becoming charming. His mother was vain, so he paid her compliments. He dressed impeccably in colors that suited her taste, and whenever he visited her, he made sure to bring her a small gift. With his father, Nikolai spoke of hunting and horse flesh, subjects about which he cared nothing but that he knew his father loved. He praised his father's witty conversation and astute observations and developed a gift for making the king feel both wise and worldly. He did it because he liked learning the puzzle of each person. He did it because it felt good to feel his influence in understanding growth. But above all else, he did it because he knew he needed to rescue his country. Nikolai had to save Ravka from his own family. As was tradition among noblemen, Vasily accepted his officer's commission and treated his military service as symbolic. Nikolai joined the infantry. He endured basic training with Dominic at Politznaya, and they traveled together to their first assignment. Dominic was there when Nikolai took his first bullet, and Nikolai was there when Dominic fell at Hemheld, never to rise again. Soldiers did not cry. Princes did not weep. Nikolai knew this, but the tears fell anyway. Dominic the Brave, hold on a little longer. Dominique squeezed Nikolai's hand. This country gets you in the end, brother. Don't forget it. Not us, he said, but Dominique was already gone. I'll do better, Nikolai promised, just as he had so many years ago in Mitkin's classroom. I'll find a way. He had witnessed a thousand deaths since then. His nightmares had been plagued by countless other battlefields, and yet it was that promise to Dominique that haunted his work his waking hours. But how was he to explain any of this to Zoya, still sitting patiently at the corner of the bed, still keeping her distance? End quote. So, sorry, there was a lot there, but it was beautifully written and gives us a lot of, like, history of, like, I don't know, that just kind of made me really understand Nikolai's brain a lot yes. more. 
So now we know why he cares just so much about Ravka, which I think is incredible because he's always been very patriotic and we just haven't really understood why. And I find it even better to know that like he knew his family was so corrupt from the beginning yeah. that he's going to take And a- also that he's very personable. Yeah. yeah. And he, he just, it's a good guy. Zoya tells Nikolai about how she thinks um, she heard you know whose voice when he was in the shadow form last time and this is the end of the chapter that i'm going to read okay is it possible he asked instead could the darkling's consciousness have somehow survived with his power i hope not she unclenched her fists i hope there's a thornwood waiting beneath the sands of the fold i hope all of this talk of magical rituals and warrior priests turns out to be more than just a fanciful tale but if there is no cure and if this thing is in you is more than just a curse the darkling left behind if it's if he's trying to use you to find a way back to this world she looked at him her blue eyes fierce in the lamplight he sensed the deep well of loss inside her the pain she worked so hard to hide i will put a bullet in your brain before i let that happen nikolai the men who had ruled ravka had loved power more than they'd ever loved their people it was a disease. Nikolai knew that, and he'd sworn he would not be that kind of leader, that he would not succumb, and yet he'd never been sure that when the time came, he could step aside and give up the throne, the thing he'd fought so long and hard for. And if he let himself become more monster than man, it would mean he had failed. So he would put aside his doubt and his desires. He would try to be better, and the woman before him would make sure he protected Ravka, even from himself. He took her hand, pressed a kiss to her knuckles. My ruthless Ravka, my ruthless Zoya, I'll load the gun myself. End scene, end chapter. Great ending. Yay. I know. Okay, so, Karen on. It's left time for... We were kind of like... That was special. That was good. We do it every time. (laughs) And by the way, guys, we never rehearsed that. Never, ever. We have no clue what I'm about to... Yeah. It's it's just perfect every time. It is all improv. I have no clue when I get to that part of my script. I'm like, it's time for... (laughs) Yep. And we'll just... Let it happen. Let it rip. (laughs) So, Grishcast News. Okay, so, first chapter, we already talked about that, got released amazing which only makes us more excited um also she um there's a launch party launch party yay on march 30th i got a ticket Ooh. Mm-hmm. so finally i can now get my like yes. rule of wolves <laughs> signed copy but i also it comes with like a commemorative grisha pouch commemorative is such a fun zipper word. zipper pouch zipper pouch a zipper pouch you which... put all your pencils in it well, no, they already gave us, like, oh, n- no, well. see, they already gave us the pencil holder. So I'm hoping it, it's going to be, like, one of these big ones. Yeah. I'm hoping it's like this. This is my That f- you can put your Rule of Wolves <gasps> book in. I carry my books in here now. I got this from Fairy Loot. Yes, I finally am a Fairy Loot um, <laughs> member, and it's amazing. I've only gotten one box, but, like, I love it! <laughs> it's just amazing. So, anyways, um... Okay, do we have any other Grishcast news? I mean, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I will say this there is more coming though, kids. We've got this yes. year is coming and we've got a lot that's going to happen. It's going to be very exciting. And I yes. got real Southern there. Yes. And you get Southern when you get excited. <laughs> do I? <laughs> do I? Okay, so chapters for next week. Um, I didn't really discuss this with you. <laughs> so, okay, we'll discuss we'll discuss it now. Chapter 13 is like 18 pages and 14 is 15 pages. And then after 13 and 14 starts part 2. So I figured maybe we shouldn't just like we'll do We'll just do two next week. Yeah, we'll just do 13 and 14 and then start part 2 yep. off. Okay. See I figured, how easy that is. Yeah. See, we can just discuss it on here. You guys it didn't bother you guys, did it? Huh? Great. Glad to see how we make decisions. That quick. That fast. <laughs> if only all decisions were made time. like that. Wow. Well, if everyone got along like we did. Yes. Yeah. True. Um, no. Uh, can they <laughs> he- Stop talking to me, producer. 
all these people are going to think I'm crazy, which they know. I mean, I already I mean, am. a little bit. But um, anyways. I think that's it. Yeah, that is. I'm just stammering on here, beating a dead horse. Ba-dum-bum. Okay, so anyways, it's been a great week, guys. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Like, we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. It was. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an in- email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at GrishaCast. A special thank you for our background music created by Kendra Dantes and Produce.